I'm continuing our series. I got this week and next week of Jesus 2022. Uh, as I've been saying, this doesn't have anything to do with political platforms or political elections. It has everything to do with where are we going to put our focus in 2022? What are we going to focus on? So every January, I like to do a series of messages where we talk about making changes in our life. Because I think that psychologically, going from one year to the next, there's really no difference between December 31st and January 1st. But psychologically, there is a difference, right? It could be a time for us to say, all right, what changes do I want to make in my life? How do I want things to be different? And so what we're, what we're saying is that we want 2022, we want Jesus to be right in the center of our life. Because as I've been saying, is 2022, no matter what's going on in this crazy world of ours, 2022 could be the best year that you've ever had if you make it your best year spiritually. Do you guys believe that? That it could be the best year you've ever had if you make it your best year spiritually. And so the passage, the theme verse that we've been looking at every week is Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14, which says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Right? We're not where we want to be. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so that's what we're trying to do. We want to press in. We want to come into everything that God has for us. Next week, I'm going to be laying out the vision that I think God has given us as a church for 2022. And so I hope that you'll be here next week and that if you can't be here, that you'll watch online uh, because I think it's going to be important for us to really think about as a church what God is kind of putting in, in front of us. Today, uh, I'm going to talk about something that I love to talk about, something that if you've been coming to the church for a couple of years, you've heard me talk about before, but I think it's important that we talk about it again. Uh, what does it mean for us to live with purpose? What does it mean for us to live our lives with a sense of vision and a sense of purpose? Now, I heard about this, uh, this racetrack, this dog racetrack down in Florida. You know those, those racetracks where they have the mechanical rabbits? And so the rabbit, you know, the mechanical rabbit is on, a, is on a track and it's going around and around and the dogs are chasing it. Well, there was this one time where, for whatever reason, the mechanical rabbit like short-circuited and kind of blew up. So all of a sudden just went poof, you know, and it was done. It like it blew up into a thousand pieces. And so the dogs no longer had a goal. The dogs no longer had anything to chase. And so they just, you know, kind of freaked out. One dog went running in the other direction, ran through a fence and hurt himself. Another dog just kind of stopped and started barking and howling at anybody who was around. A couple dogs just kind of laid down in the middle of the track and stopped running. And I thought, that's a real picture of us. If we try to live our life without purpose, if we try to live our lives without vision, we're going to be like those dogs. We're going to hurt ourselves. We're going to howl at people. We're going to lay down. We're going to give up. Now, I have a lot of things in my life that I'm really thankful for. God has given me a lot of great gifts. One great gift that he's given me is a wife who just kind of gets better every single year. Uh, I've, that's true. She's, she's here. And she's, she's blushing behind her mask. I don't know. She's, she's like, thank you for noticing. Um, but I've got, you know, kids who are great. I've got you guys. I'm, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for the church that I lead. But something that is very much at the top of my list of things that I'm thankful for is I am thankful that God has given me a vision and a purpose for my life that has sustained me for like my entire adulthood. 
But I can honestly say that it is my testimony that I get out of bed every day with a sense of purpose, with a sense of vision, with focus. And believe it or not, this is, 2022 is the 25th year of our church. That's worth, a, you know, a little bit of an applause, a little bit of something. I know it's cold, but, you know, listen, it's, you know, it's cold outside, but if you like applaud or you kind of, you know, kind of get into things, you'll, you'll, everybody will get warmed up. It'll be good. But we're going to be celebrating this at different points, trying to figure out, you know, we've got some ideas about ways we're going to celebrate the 25th year. And so uh, kind of waiting, you know, as things kind of get more hopefully back to normal, you'll hear about some things that we're going to do. But what I can honestly say is that I have more of a sense of vision and purpose now uh, than I did 25 years ago. That, I, that as I, even as I came up this morning to preach this message and to, to do what I've been doing for 25 years, that I'm doing it with greater clarity, greater vision, and greater purpose than I was 25 years ago. Proverbs 29.18 says, where there is no vision, the people, the people perish. Now that's the King James Version. If you have the NIV, it says, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. And that can sound like, oh, is that two different things? Well, actually it's not. Uh, the Hebrew word kazown uh, means a dream. Go ahead to the next slide. It means a dream, a revelation, a vision. And so what it's saying is that if you, if, if, if you don't have a revelation, you're going to cast off restraint. If you don't have vision, you're going to perish. You need to have a vision for your life. You need to have a purpose for your life. You need to have clarity for your life. Do you have a compelling vision? Like seriously, how dialed in are you Take every single day to like, okay, this is my purpose. This is why God has put me on the earth. This is what I'm supposed to be about. It needs to be something more than just, I'm going to try to get through another day. I'm going to try to survive. I'm going to try to make it to the weekend. You know, it's almost Saturday, you know, Friday night's almost here. I just got to hang on another day. It's got to be more than that. And so much of what we do around here is, is we want you to discover your purpose. We want you to know the vision that God has for your life. And so we, we've programmed things around that. We want like, if you don't know your vision and your purpose, we want to help you discover it. So like the growth track is one of the ways that we try to help people discover their vision and their purpose. And so we want to help you to discover it and help you walk in it. If you know it, we want to, we want to encourage you to explore it even more and to come up with even more fruitful ways that you can make a difference. It's a big part of, of what we're doing. You see, you need to have a strong enough why in your life. If you have a strong enough why, you can endure any what. Because the world is going to throw a lot of what's at you. There's a lot of different things that can go on. But if you have a strong enough why, you can endure any what. And I, I believe actually that we have a little bit of a crisis of vision. We have a little bit of a crisis of purpose that's going on in our culture. I had like three different things that I think have made it harder for people to live with purpose. I didn't want this to be like a 50-minute sermon, so I cut two of them. But let me, give you, let me give you one reason why I think it's harder for people to live with purpose, and it's materialism. Now, when I say materialism, I'm not talking about buying stuff, though that's an aspect of materialism. I'm talking about philosophical materialism. I'm talking about this belief that is growing in our culture, 
that's connected and associated with atheism, and more and more people are, are saying, you know, for whatever reason, it seems like people think like, oh, believing in God, that's something for a bygone era, that's something for another period, and if you're like an educated or bane, you know, urbanite, you don't, you don't need that, you know, that's something from previous generations. More and more people are thinking that way. And so, and so materialism, like philosophical materialism, is basically saying that this world is all there is. Like the material world is the only, is like reality. And so there's the universe, and there's planets, and there's earth, and there's your body, and there's your brain, and there's no soul. There's no ghost in the machine. It's like once your brain stops, you stop, right? Once the sun burns out, then, you know, life in this universe is over. That, that is philosophical materialism. And philosophical materialism is pretty hopeless, it's pretty purposeless. It always, it leads to nihilism, materialistic nihilism. You might have heard that expression. It means that if you, if you just realize, if you believe that all there is is the physical universe, which more and more people are starting to believe, it leads to nihilism. It leads to hopelessness. William Lane Craig, who's a philosopher and Christian apologist, he says this, without God, the universe is the result of a cosmic accident, a chance explosion, there is no reason for which it exists. As for man, he's a freak of nature, a blind product of matter plus time plus chance. If God does not exist, then you are just a miscarriage of nature, thrust into a purposeless universe to live a purposeless life. So if God does not exist, that means that man and the universe exist to no purpose, since the end of everything is death, and that they can come to be for no purpose, since they are only blind products of chance. In short, life is utterly without reason. And I believe that one of the reasons we're seeing an increase in depression, an increase in anxiety, an increase in, uh, in drug addiction, an increase in people deciding not to get married, an increase in younger people deciding not to have children, is because of materialistic nihilism. Is because, is because, you know what, there isn't, we're not giving people a philosophy that leads to like a strong purpose, a strong vision for life. See, if you believe that all there is is the physical universe, then what you believe is the universe is vast and empty, that you're just a cosmic accident. And when your life is over, like the very last thought that you have before your brain shuts down is the last thought that you will ever have. And that really whatever you do, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, right? Because someday the sun is going to burn out and someday everything's going to be swallowed up in a black hole and, and the universe is just, it's just going to be this kind of burned out universe full of dead stars and dead galaxies with nothing going on. And so what you need to do is just kind of create your own purpose, you know, kind of figure it out. You've got 70 or 80 years and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, there's, it's tenuous and it's difficult, but just kind of do the best that you can. That's the story that a lot of, that more and more people are trying to live out. That is not a very good story. If that's the story that I believe, trust me, I would be depressed. I would have a hard time getting up in the morning. We are living out a way better story. See, the story that we're living is that God made you, is that God designed you. You're made on purpose for a purpose. Psalm 139 says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It says that God, all the days ordained for you were written in his book before one of them came to be. That means, okay, so why are you living in New Jersey in January 2022? And you may say, Phil, I ask myself that question all the time. 
But the reason you're living in New Jersey, for that, and I know those of you online, maybe you know you live somewhere else, but, but for those, it's because God puts you here. See, God has a plan. God has a purpose. God is renewing everything. God is, God is making all things new. And so he put you here because he has a there's, a, there's a role that you're supposed to play that only you can play. And he put you in New Jersey in 2022 because that's part of his strategy, because that's part of his plan. And you see, God is renewing all things. And this renewed universe that he's creating is going to go on and it's going to exist forever. And you're going to get to be a part of it. You're going to be like a star shining in all of its brilliance as a son and daughter of God. That is your purpose. That is your destiny. That is your story. It is a way better story. And so I think that, listen, the people of God in this period of nihilism and hopelessness and despair, we need to get in touch with the hope that we have. We need to get in touch with the vision. We got to live out the vision and the purpose and the plan that God has for us because it makes all the difference. You need to know that you were made on purpose for a purpose and you need to live that out and you need to embrace it every single day. So let me list out to you a couple of the benefits of living with vision. If you have your notes, if you want to open up your, uh, in the app, you can find the notes. But the first, benefits of living with vision. A vision for life will bring focus. A vision for life. When you're in touch with what God has for you, you're going to live your life with focus, right? You're going to live your life with clarity. It's going to help. It's going to make a difference. And you see, you need that because there's going to be a lot of competing visions for your life, right? Your parents, maybe they have a vision for your life and your parents love you and, you know, we honor our parents, but maybe your parents' vision isn't the same as God's vision. McDonald's has a vision for your body, right? It's not, a, it's not a pretty picture. <laughs> Hollywood has a vision for your family. Madison Avenue has a, vision for your, has a vision for your bank account. Netflix has a vision for your time. Right? You know how you know Netflix has a vision for your time? When you finish watching a show on Netflix, the countdown is so short before the next episode starts, right? It's like three, two, one, next episode. Because what Netflix wants is for you to just sit on your couch and consume their product. That is their vision for your life. And so when you know God's vision for your life, it's going to give you focus. And it's going to enable you to say no to the things you need to say no to and say yes to the things you need to say yes to. You need to you have a vision for your life because it's going to bring endurance. A vision for your life will bring endurance. Now, do you ever, you ever see the meme that says, how will I know if my friend has run a marathon? And it says, don't worry, they'll tell you. I'm about to prove that the, the truth of that meme. So I've run about seven marathons in my life. And uh, thank you, thank you. No. <laughs> And uh, I've run the New York City Marathon twice. And, uh, and so uh, the New York, when you're running a marathon, right, 26 miles, when you're on the Verrazano Bridge and you're starting, you can't think about the finish line because it's too far away. It's four hours away. It's like you can't. There's a lot of pain between the Verrazano Bridge and Central Park. So you can't think about that. So you have to set a different goal. All right, I'm going to get into Brooklyn and, and then I'm going to get into Queens and I want to try to keep this pace going. And then, and so, but something that happens though in the New York City Marathon, when you get into Manhattan, 
you, you cross, you go on the 59th Street Bridge, and, uh, and then you're on First Avenue, and you run up to the Bronx, and then you're in the Bronx for a little bit, then you come back into Manhattan. And, uh, and so when you're on First Avenue, there's a ton of, like, the crowds are enormous. It's like just, just shoulder-to-shoulder people, like 20 people deep. It's exciting. You can, you know, the cheering and everything's great. But sometimes well-meaning people will say to you at mile 16, they'll say, you're almost done. And you're like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I am so, I've got another 10 miles to go. Things are starting to hurt. I'm hitting the wall. I've got an hour and a half of pain ahead of me, right? You can't start thinking about the goal at mile 16 on First Avenue. When, you, when somebody says, once you get into Central Park, somebody can say you're almost done. And then you can say, yes, thank you, because there's like a mile left once you get into Central Park. And even though you're hurting and even though you're in pain, you can keep going because the goal is kind of right there and you can focus on it. See, that's what you need for your life. If you're going to have endurance, you need to have that goal because so much of life feels like mile 25 of a marathon, right? So much of life, it's like it hurts and you're cramping up and you feel like you're going to fall over. You need that goal to keep going. And maybe some of you, you've just been so tired and you've been, you know, you wake up tired and you're tired in the middle of the day, and you go to bed tired, but then even though you were tired all day, you don't really sleep good at night. Like, what's up with that? And, and so it just kind of repeats. Maybe the reason that you're so tired is that you're living your life separated, disconnected from the purpose that God has for you. And so another benefit of living with vision, another benefit is a vision for life will bring you fulfillment. A vision for life, living with God's vision, will bring fulfillment into your life. And I can say this, and I believe this with all that I am, that the only thing that will really fulfill you in life is Jesus. That the only, listen, and then you may say, well, Phil, that's a bold statement. How can you say that? I believe that with all my heart. Because listen, if you think that money's going to fulfill you, I know people who have more money than they could ever possibly spend in multiple lifetimes. They're not fulfilled. People think fame will fulfill you. When we, we know people in Hollywood, it seems like fame does the opposite of fulfilling you. It like messes you up, right? People think accomplishments are going to fulfill them. Accomplishments are great, but you know, a lot of times you get kind of to the top of the ladder you've been trying to climb and you're like, is this it? Is this, is this all there is? I remember years ago, like they, they, we're not sure, Tom Brady might have retired, he might not have retired, we don't really know. But I remember years ago, well, after Brady won his third Super Bowl, and I don't know if you know this, I'm a Patriots fan, I hope we can still be friends. Um, but after, after he won his third Super Bowl, and he's like 26 years old, he said, he said there's got to be more to life than this. Like, you know, I remember it was a 60 Minutes interview, and it was striking because here's a guy who's at the top. I mean, he's a multiple Super Bowl winner, 26 years old, multimillionaire. There's got to be more to life because it, it doesn't fulfill. It doesn't satisfy. What does satisfy is Jesus. And sir, if you don't believe that, I, listen, if you say, well, no, I got to go find out if maybe money, maybe fame, maybe this, like, go give it a shot. I don't recommend you do, but if you want to, just remember we're here. Right? Remember we're here and then come back when you find out that it doesn't fulfill, that it doesn't satisfy. I had this, I was reminded of this in a powerful way a couple weeks ago. There's a guy named Eddie Garcia. 
And Eddie, 25 years ago, was a part of, was one of the founding members of our church. And so he and his wife, Sherry, they, they served, uh, you know, I, I performed their wedding 25 years ago. And, and she, you know, served on the prayer team, the welcome team. They hosted a life group in, uh, in Hudson County, in North Bergen, I think it was, or West New York. And that, that life group ended up becoming the, the foundation for a new church that we planted, the, the North Hudson Vineyard. And so anyway, so, so I had heard that Eddie has cancer, and he's got stage four cancer. It's inoperable. And so Paul Haviland, the pastor of the North Hudson Vineyard, we were saying, hey, well, Eddie and I are going to come, and we just would love to see you and, and pray together and pray for Eddie's healing. And I said, absolutely, come. And, and uh, so a couple of weeks ago, they came. Now, I hadn't seen Eddie since before the pandemic. And so it was one of those things. You know how when you see someone who's like undergoing chemo and really sick from cancer, it's kind of shocking, you know, when you see them. And it was kind of like that because he's very thin and you can tell that cancer's kind of ravaging him. And, and so we, we were supposed to pray and we did pray, but, but it took a while to get to prayer because all Eddie wanted to talk about was the incredible ways that God is using him. All he wanted to talk about was, you know, he's at Sloan Kettering and he's this here, here, there and everywhere in places that other people can't, you know, aren't allowed into. And he's just like, and then Phil, let me tell you about, I had the chance to pray for this woman. And then there was this other person who was in my room and I was ministering to them. And then, and then I got moved and they came looking for me because they wanted to make sure, you know, he's just telling me all these ways that God was using him. And he's smiling like from ear to ear. All he wanted to talk about was how excited he was of the different ways that God was using him. And what I said to Eddie at the end of, you know, we prayed together and I said, Eddie, I want you to know spending these two hours with you have been like, this is one of the most encouraging things that I've done in a long time. I said, because the reality is here you are, like, you know that like the doctors aren't giving you much hope, but you know, you're going to see Jesus. And all you care about is fulfilling the purpose, the vision that he has for your life. And, and I'll tell you, you could have all the money in the world and all that money wouldn't give you that. You could have all the fame and power in the world. All the fame and power wouldn't give you that. The only place where you get that is from Jesus. The only place, and again, this might sound like a bold statement, but I believe it with all my heart. The only way that you find fulfillment in life is by centering your life on Jesus. He is the only one who doesn't disappoint. I get a bigger amen from that. He's the one who doesn't disappoint. Ephesians 1.11 says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In him, in Jesus. The message in that same verse says, It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Who you are. See, God loves you. You were made on purpose for a purpose. And God wants every single person saved. Wants every single person restored. You know, that basically we start getting healed up from the things that have messed us up. And he wants every single person redeemed and fulfilled. That's what he wants to do in your life. And it really, it really kind of kicks into gear the more you understand his purpose and his vision for your life. So our statement, our declaration is that in 2022, I will discover and live out my purpose. That I'm going, to, I'm going to drill in deeper into God's vision and purpose for my life than I ever have before. And so let me just, just kind of end with this. And this isn't end like conclusion. This is end like the last part of my sermon, just to be clear. Uh, how do we get on the path? 
How do we, if we want to get into this place of, of, of walking more into our vision and our purpose and living that way, how do we do it? And there's a, there's a really cool passage in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is a great book that covers a lot of big themes like, you know, like, uh, like uh, how God saved you who we are in Jesus, relationships, you know, how you should treat your family, how you should treat one another. Uh, it talks about spiritual warfare, all this stuff. But it, in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 to 18, I think it gives us some real clear instruction as to how we can, in choices we can make, things that we can do, so that 2022 can be a year of greater purpose and greater vision than ever before. Verse 8, For you were once darkness... It's interesting. It doesn't say you were in darkness. It says you, you were darkness. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Now, find out. We're going to, that phrase is going to come up a lot. That phrase has to do, when you hear, find out what pleases the Lord, think about his purpose, think about his vision for your life, right? That's really what, what his purpose is, what his plan is for our life is his vision and purpose. And so it says, get as much light as you possibly can have, right? The more light you have in your life, the more you're going to understand God's will. The more light you have in your life, the more you're going to understand God's vision and purpose for your life. It says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. So what they're saying is, listen, the dark things in your life, the sins in your life, don't just think of them as sins that, you know, you need to repent of and the ways that you're hurting yourself and other people. It is that. But also realize that the darkness in your life is something that is obscuring God's will for your life. It's, it's like a cloud. The darkness in your life is like a cloud that keeps you from seeing God's vision, that keeps you from seeing God's purpose, that keeps you from walking in it. And it says, be very careful then how you live. That's verse 14. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so what it's saying here is you need to get as much light in your life as you can. If you want to understand the Lord's will for your life, get more light and get less darkness. And so here are three questions that I want you to ask. Three questions that I want you to ask yourself. The first one is this. What am I doing that I should not be doing? What am I doing that I should not be doing? All of us have things in our lives that we shouldn't be doing. But I want us to think about those things in a little bit of a different way. Right? Think about them as something that's keeping you from understanding God's will. Something that's keeping you from living out of the vision and the purpose that God has for you and all the strength and the endurance and the fulfillment that comes with it. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I'm not going to deal with the world's junk anymore. I'm going to get that out of my life. I want light. I want renewal. So I can know God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I can walk in the purpose and vision and plans that he has for me. So this year, right, what do you need to get out of your life? 
that you would say, you know what? This year, I'm getting rid of pornography. I am no longer going to live my life with the darkness of pornography hanging over my head, keeping me from understanding God's will and God's purposes. I'm going to get anger out of my life. I no longer want to be controlled by my anger. And I no longer want to bring that darkness into my relationships. Maybe there's a relationship. Are there, is there a relationship or relationships that bring darkness into your life? Are you dating someone that you know you shouldn't be dating? Like you know they bring darkness into your life. And I'm not saying they're evil. But you know that they're leading you away from the light into darkness. Because you're doing things that you don't want to do when you're with them. Or maybe there's a group of friends or there's a group of people in your life that are bringing, you spend time with them and there's more darkness in your life. And we need to make some changes and we need to say, you know what, I don't want to bring darkness. I want to, there are some things that I've been doing that I no longer want to do because I want to come into the purpose and plans and vision that God has for my life. Because I want 2022 to be the best year ever. And if it's the best year spiritually, it's going to be the best year ever. And so here's a verse, I'll tell you, put this up on your fridge, put it on your, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it on the dashboard of your car, whatever. Proverbs 4.25, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your, da- your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and to- take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So that you can come into, so you can discern the good, pleasing, perfect will of the Lord. Second question. What am I not doing that I should be doing? Right? So what do we need to stop doing? What do we need to start doing? Because what this passage in Ephesians is saying is that we need to be active. We need to be intentional. We need to step into the light. And so some of you, you know what? You need to take a step into the light. I talked last week about the different kind of levels of followership that people are at here in our church. I don't know if you, if you saw that message, if you were here for that. And I talked about the crowd. And I said, the crowd, you know, that's people, maybe they're, they're not following Jesus yet. And they're just kind of coming and they're hanging out and they're hearing things and they're checking stuff out. Um, but, you know, the invitation there is come and see. And maybe you've been in the crowd. You have come and you've seen and you, you kind of are at the point, you're like, yeah, I do. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that there's something that he has. You need to make the decision. You need to step into the light. I think there are people that are hearing this right now. You've been kind of coming and seeing for a long time. It is time for you to make the decision to take that step to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to center my life on you. Some of you, you know what, the, what you need to do, the step that you need to take, you have been a consumer of religious goods and services for your whole Christian life. It's time for you to start giving back a little bit. It's time for you to start serving, right? Jesus said, he said, listen, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the son of man. I'm the Messiah, and I came to serve. And so, you know what, my, my, my servants also need to serve, right? You can't, you know, you're not, you're not greater than me. You, if I'm a servant, you're going to be a servant. And so you need to take that step. You need to serve, Right? You need to, you need to start doing the things that you know you need to do. James 4.17 says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. So you know, like the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. So you don't need like a holy fill to stand up here and tell you do this, don't do that. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Right? God is speaking to you. He's putting his finger on some things and he's saying, don't you think it's time you began this? Don't you think it's time that you stopped this? We are starting life groups next week. 
And for some of you, again, as we talk about what are you going to start doing that you haven't been doing, you need to take a step into community. That you have been just kind of Lone Ranger Christianing it. You've just been kind of doing your own thing. Maybe, maybe it's the pandemic that gave you some bad habits. Whatever. Maybe that's how it's always been. But this is an opportunity for you to take a step and for you to say, you know what? I want people to know me. I want people in my church to know me. I want them to know what's going on in my life. I think that some of you, maybe the step that you need to take this year is that you need to start leading a life group. Let me just say, let me just say for some of you, not for everybody, but for some of you, what you're missing is you need some spiritual responsibility on your shoulders. You need to have some people in your life who are looking to you. You're going to do better spiritually. You're going to do better with your purpose when you know that there are some people who are looking to you for spiritual help, spiritual encouragement, spiritual direction. And you might say, well, but Phil, I can't do that. I don't have it all together. Listen, if we were waiting for people to have it all together before anything got done, nothing would get done. And people in your group, they don't want someone who thinks they have it all together. They want someone who's honest. They want someone who's real. Listen, it might be like you might find that taking that step into taking on some spiritual responsibility for other people is something that really helps you, helps your relationship with God. Let me tell you guys something. You guys help me a lot. I'm serious. You help me a lot. Because you know what? There's all sorts of time, all sorts of ways where I just kind of realized like, like, okay, I want to make sure like there's a trust that's going on here, right? I'm the, I'm the lead pastor of this church. And so you guys, you, you come and you're a part of the church and you invest with your time and with your money and you bring your family. There's a trust that's here. And I've got lots of reasons why I want to obey God and why I want to get closer to God. But you guys come to mind like more often than not. Because you know what? Listen, I want to make sure that I'm praying. I want to make sure that I'm not, not just up here talking about something that I'm not actually living out. I want to make sure that I am uh, studying and reading the Bible and getting it into my life, not just for a sermon, you know, pointing a sermon, but for my soul, right? It's like, and you guys, you guys help me, right? There's a, there's a relationship. There's a trust. There's an expectation, right? This is going to work out way better if I'm faithful to my wife, Right? This is going to work out way better if I don't, like, pass out drunk every single night. Now, I've got other reasons to be faithful to my wife and not pass out drunk every night other than you, but you guys do come to mind every now and then. And you know what? One of the things that you guys have really helped me with is you've helped me fight less with my wife. You may say, well, how have we done that? Well, listen, my wife and I, we, we're, both, we're both very verbal. We're both very opinionated. We're both a little strong-willed. And, uh, and there have been times where, like, you know, you know how when those of you who are married, when you're starting to get into a fight, it's like you're in, like, first gear, and you're dropping down into second gear, and you're just kind of getting warmed up, and you know, like, okay, here we go. This is, we're, like, laying the foundation. Here's where we're going. Well, there have been times where, like, maybe that's been starting to happen on a Saturday, and then you're kind of going down that road, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I can't do this. I got to preach three times tomorrow. I can't show up at church after having just spent all Saturday fighting with my wife. And so then I, you know, then all of a sudden I turn into a peacemaker and try to start to figure out how can we do this? You guys help me. And maybe that's what you need. Maybe you need that responsibility. You need to figure out how it's, you know, kind of part of this church and part of this community, you can take some responsibility because maybe it'll help you fight less with your wife. 
right? Maybe like you'll love, you'll start getting into a fight Wednesday nights when you have your life group and you start getting into it and you start fighting and all of a sudden you're like, honey, we got to stop. There's a car pulling up right now. We can't, we can't, they're here. They're showing up. We can't do this. You know, you, you need to step into the things that God has for you. If you some of you, you're in that place, that's your next step is you need to take some responsibility. And listen, you will pray better. You'll press in more. You'll love better. You'll seek more healing that God has for you. You'll dig deeper into the Bible. It'll make a huge difference in your life. You'll be more intentional about finding out what pleases the Lord. And so my last question is this. Why not do it today? Why not do it today? What do you need to stop doing that you're currently doing? What do you need to start doing that you're not doing? And why not do it today? You know, we have this thing, we have this tendency, we over-exaggerate yesterday, we overestimate, overestimate tomorrow, we underappreciate today. And what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, it says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. And I want to encourage you, now, today, is the time to get rid of the junk. What are the clouds, what are the things in your life that are obscuring, that are kind of keeping the light out? that are keeping you from knowing the good, pleasing, perfect will of the Lord. Don't wait till next week. Right? How many of you are procrastinators? Raise your hand if you're... Some of you are saying, I'll raise my hand later. But don't... You know what? Don't do that. Just say, you know what? Hey, this is... Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time that I'm going to make some changes in my life. Now is the time. Maybe there's... You know what? Listen, maybe there's a relationship you need to break off today. Do it today. Don't do it. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait to see how you feel. If you know that that's what you need to do, do it today. Maybe there's something you need to sign up for. Maybe there's some step you need to take that we would do it right now. That we would say, I have decided that I'm going to live a life of purpose. I have decided I'm going to live a life of meaning. I've decided that I'm going to live my life with vision. Today is the day to do it. Because God has never loved you more. God has never cared for you more. And he has never been more willing to give you a fresh start. And he's never been more excited about the future that you can have with him than he is right now. And so let's pray together. And let's just say, okay, God, I want everything that you have for me. Let's all stand together. And Lord, I just pray that you would speak to us right now. So we're going to start next week. We'll start doing ministry time again. That's another thing that we've kind of held off on just because of, because of Omicron. But, but we can do some ministry time right now. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. Tell us, God, if there's something in our life, what's the thing that we've been doing that you don't want us to do anymore? What's the thing we've been doing that's been keeping your light out? Because God, we don't want to do that anymore. We want your vision. We want your purpose. We want your life. What's the thing that you're not doing that you need to start doing? And I really do feel that for some of you, it's a step into spiritual fatherhood, motherhood, responsibility, where you start mentoring, caring, discipling for other people, other people. And I think for some of you, it's an, that's a really important step for you to come into everything that God has for you. So come, Holy Spirit, speak to us. 
And just take a moment and ask God right now, like what, what he wants to say to you. I did, you know, nine o'clock. I had some people come up and tell me that God spoke some very specific things to them. And so, Lord, speak to us, God. What do you, what do you want to say? What can, what can help us be on the path that we need to be on? Path of life. Path of knowing and discovering the good, pleasing, perfect will of the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that you would give us strength. God, I, I feel like maybe some of you right now, you're, you're thinking about something you need to stop doing. But you're just like, I, I've tried before. It's not going to work. I, I can't get that out of my life. I can't do it. And I just believe that right now, some of you just, you just had that thought. But God is giving you faith right now. He's giving you the gift of faith. He's giving you the, the faith and the strength that you need as you wait on him. And so just receive it. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will always provide a way of escape. So claim that. Hold on to that. That, it is, that uh, those whom the Son has set free is really free. And so if you've got a lie in your brain right now that's telling you you can't be free, I want to just bring the truth of God's Word to say that's a lie. You can be free. God can set you free. So come, Holy Spirit. Bless your presence here, God. And I just feel like there's, there's, you know, more than one person here right now where you have been coming and seeing. And you've come to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And maybe you don't understand everything, but you're like, I know there's something here that I need. And it's time for you to take that step into the light. And it's time for you to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to, I've, 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 I've seen enough. I've been kind of passively observing enough. And it's time for me to put my faith into the Son of God. So if you're ready to do that, I want you to pray this prayer. You don't have to say it out loud. Just, just say it between you and the Lord. But say, God, I'm ready. Somebody here today, you need to say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready, God. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you're here right now. And I ask you to forgive all of my sins, all the ways that I've messed up, all the ways that I've missed the mark. And I ask you to come and live inside of my heart right now with your Holy Spirit. I accept your free gift of salvation. And help me now, Lord, to know your purpose. Give me your vision for my life. Because that's what I want. I've been living my own vision and I'm tired of it. I want your vision. And just do me a favor. If you prayed that prayer, if you're in the room and you prayed that prayer, just raise your hand. If you prayed that prayer, say, Jesus, I'm in. Jesus, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. Okay, awesome. And if you're here in the room and you got a physical connection card, I'm going to ask you to check off that you decided to become a follower of Jesus. If, you're, if you don't have the physical connection card or you're watching online, you can text follow to 201-584-7188. And I'm going to send you some stuff in the mail that will be helpful, figure out how I can pray for you, help you kind of really take those steps. And just remember, if you did pray that prayer, real easy, your next step is to get baptized on March 6th. You definitely want to do that. That's a, that some of you, that's what you need to do to step into the light this year. Is you, need to, you need to take that step and publicly declare Jesus through baptism. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Thank you, those of you who are here. Thank you for braving the elements of being here. Those of you online, thank you for worshiping with us this morning. 
Uh, God bless you. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon.